Welcome back to Avowed Cast. This is the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG video game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans by fans. In fact, fans are the ones that come on and join me on this program. My name is Sora and I'm the host. And each week I welcome fans from around the globe um, to talk about Avowed, Obsidian Entertainment, video gaming in general, or whatever we want to talk about. Um, it is my hope each week to be joined by fellow fans like you. So if you're interested in possibly participating, uh, listen at the end of the podcast and I'll tell you how you can do that. This week's going to be a little bit different because we're going to uh, incorporate both crews that have already worked with me, a North American group and a European group. We're both going to kind of dig into this rumor post that was put on the internet shortly after the Avowed trailer became public. Um, this was put up on Reddit and I'm, and I'm going to read it to you first and then we're going to get the reaction uh, from our North American group, what they think of the rumors and if they think any of it might be true. And then we'll turn and hear what our European fans have to say about it. Hello, Watcher. Thank you for accepting our invitation. You stand within the Crucible's heart as one of the stewards of this place. It pains me to admit that you've caught us in a state of floundering weakness. On July 23rd of 2020, Avowed was announced to the public. A few days later, on July 26th, someone named Sponger came on the internet claiming that they had inside information about the game um, and had confirmed a few rumors through discussions with someone from Obsidian or someone who was already working on the game. I wanted to read those to you if you haven't heard them already or seen them online already, uh, because that's what our discussion is going to be about today. So I'm just going to read them from the bullets verbatim. Um, The beginning says, It will have a fully open world, much larger than Skyrim, but very different, uh, denser and more contrasted primarily set in the Living Lands region of Aora. There'll be a big focus on world reactivity, lighting, and next-gen AI systems and physics. Real-time weather uh, will be a thing. Very advanced creation tool for characters will be included. Mod support will be included first for the PC, and then it'll come later on consoles. Very large number of factions, but it'll be a different approach than what we saw in Skyrim. You'll be able to have companions, which they say are different than what you're used to in the Outer Worlds. The main story will focus on a fight against some sort of incoming threat of tyranny, and this will be independent from any of the previous stories. The game will have bosses. These bosses will be very, very large. Gods will have a special say in the game. Great focus will be on iconic landmarks, statues, and buildings. There will be two large cities planned, with many smaller cities uh, having a strong focus on contrasting wild areas, rivers, mountains, and desolated areas. Fully will be respecting uh, Pillars of Eternity bestiary, creatures, lore, but will have some of its own new additions. There'll be dynamic presentation of dialogue. And the idea is to keep the concept of you can kill everyone in the game 
around 100 people are on the project already or have been on the project for two years, and there's plans to increase that. The team is expected to grow. The target release date is said to be late 2022 or early 2023. Perhaps these notes were better lost. Ach. I want to go through some of the things that were in the rumor, the, the post uh, by Spunger, I guess this was his name, that people were floating around. Um, and some people have said, I don't know much about this guy, but has a history of, of putting these rumors out there and, and them being fairly true. I mean, some of these rumors are just obvious. I mean, there's nothing special about what is said. Like, for example, uh, it's going to be a fully open world, much like Skyrim. I don't think that you have to do much of a stretch to figure that out. <laughs> um, one of the things that, that was said is that it was going to be set in the Living Lands region, which if I remember the map is up north um, on the continental map. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of north. Is that right? Do you guys remember? So there's, there's not, to my knowledge at least, there is no official map of Aora. It's, it's all kind of conceptual. But yeah, I think the Living Lands is towards the northern end of the map. But the, that's so the thing about the living lands, though, and this is actually what's got me super excited for for this uh, for this rumor, if it is true, is that the living lands is described in game as being this like crazy town landscape where you can go from you know uh, like a jungle to a desert to a, a tundra to these like rolling sweeping plains, uh, all within like you know a, a, a few days march. Wow. And oh man, if that if that's and you know, we there there's a, a point um there's there's a little bullet point on the on the leak post uh that sort of um points to that a little bit. Let's see if I can find it. Uh oh god. Oh no. Speed reading. Not my thing. <laughs> I mean I knew that that I've heard that it's it's a diverse region, but I've I've heard that um, that they're going to focus on two large cities, which I assume yeah. would be in that area as well, if that's true. Um, I hope that the cities are deep. I hope that, I mean, Oblivion, if I'm going to say something nice about at the time that it came out, um, is it uh, the main capital was was pretty awesome. I mean, that... that Imperial City? Yeah. Oh, dude, I spent I spent days of gameplay just exploring the Imperial City. Yeah, that, it was that was such a cool experience. It was deep. It was rich, and I mean, and obviously no hit on pillars, but that that depth is not necessarily there for some of some of the towns. I mean, in, in uh, Deadfire, yeah, but that depth I liked. I didn't really. Do we see that in Skyrim? I don't even remember anyone that. Not really. Skyrim. Yeah, these were yes, so small. Yes and no. There, there is a lot of stuff to do. Honestly, uh, I mean, you can go into any town. I mean, get quest after quest after quest. Not all of them are interesting, but you can get plenty <laughs> of them. But um, the limitations of the hardware. I mean, they they weren't particularly big. They didn't feel like big sprawling metropolises. But if that rumor's true, and there are really, if they're focusing on two large cities, I would assume that they're really looking for depth. I mean, if they're, if that rumor is true and they're, they're just going to have some sparse towns, but have really concentrated too large. And maybe that falls back to what, um, Jed Mandu said earlier about the, uh, picking sides. Maybe those two cities represent those two sides. I don't know. Oh, dude. Um, okay. 
so we're, I'm, I'm getting back into the lore a little bit here, and I just remembered something from... Oh, this is niche as hell, but um, the second DLC for Pillars 2, <laughs> I think it was the second at least, uh, maybe the third. Yeah, the third, the, the Forgotten Sanctum. Um, so in the Forgotten Sanctum, you're like exploring this like crazy uh, library that's uh, that's got all this like forbidden knowledge in it. And there's this one book in there. Um, that's like a book of prophecy, sort of, or it's like a book of like future history. It's like it's a history book that uh, that is describing things that haven't happened yet. Um, and it's called the Reclamation of the Living Lands. Oh my gosh! Okay, let me let me read this to you, uh, Sora. You'll probably get more out of it than the other guys, but but okay. The forces of the faithful left Adir with an exhortation from the Hemakwin. I don't know what that means still ringing in their ears. Uh, Let not the sullen wild people of that lawless continent continue to suffer beyond the guiding hand of the queen that was and shall be again. Deliver Uh, them of their savagery that they might join us in civilization and reap soon the rewards of their newfound piety. As your queen demands, so too do I. Take up the burden of empire, free them from themselves. That's awesome. Man, what a callback. Holy crap. I'm going to have to... That's like... Yeah, that to me says a lot uh about uh, you know the, the veracity of the leak because like the living lands you're you know focused on like fighting tyranny and whatnot like yeah that that sounds like it's set in the in the period uh described by that book i'm gonna that's so cool i mean it makes you wonder if there's any other tidbits that maybe we just glossed over when we played it and have to go oh, back no doubt. And just check it out. I mean, that's that's a cool callback. Nice job. Um, one of the things that the rumor said, and this really stood out to me as I think, just a personal opinion, I think that if Obsidian Entertainment wants this game to have as much life as um, Skyrim did, is uh, full mod support. Um, and that was one of the leak things is that, uh, yeah, it'll be playable fully on Xbox. It says, but, uh, the mod support on PC will be a focus and a very dominant creation tool mechanism, um, for the community to, you know, either I would hope generate their own content, you know, as in Skyrim, you can pretty much create your own quest lines. Um, but. I think that 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 is going to keep the game going. I mean, instead of uh, creating Avowed and then jumping right in to Avowed 2 and Avowed 3 or whatever, make a product that your community can then create the extra content for. And honestly, uh, if we're just being realistic here, um, if you give the internet the freedom to essentially put porn in a video game... Oh my god. Well, that was like... <laughs> uh, that wasn't that like to say... To- you're going to extend its life. I mean, it's just a fact. Well, I mean, it was one of the first mods, right? For yeah, yeah. Skyrim was yeah. out for like a month, and they already had nude mods. So, well, I, it, th- it, I think the nude mods came out before the creation kit. They yeah, did, like they did. I watched the video. Oh, the first, like one of the first <laughs> MXR videos where he reviewed one of the nude mods, and it, it it existed like before the Creation Club even was out. Well, then, and it's also, and this isn't nudity, but it was so hard to go back and play Oblivion without mods because they're they look horrid i mean the the character graphics were atrocious oh potato face like they would have been so much 
Yeah, no. It would have been so much better if the camera didn't zoom in on their Play-Doh faces every time you talk to someone. I but yeah, know. freeze time for everybody else. So crazy, but I hope the mod support is there, and I hope that it's a day one kind of thing. I feel like uh, it's a, if they have this uh, mechanism for for uh, player creation, you've you've just now extended the life of your product five years, maybe maybe longer. Um, and if you're going to spend that much time developing it, like like one of the rumors here is that it, the target date is very very late in 2022, which I think is optimistic. Um, and early 2023, um, which I also think is probably very optimistic. Uh, but you know, you're going to spend that many years on a product, make it a product that's going to give you that return. I mean, and, and, and where people are going to continue to play and continue to buy, uh, and make content for, um, one of the other rumors that jumped out on the list here is that the character creation tool uh would be very advanced what does that mean who knows i mean is there any particular thoughts that you would want in a character creation tool for an rpg that you haven't seen before hey maybe we won't need a noon mod there you go <laughs> i mean there is that conan game where you can control oh, his, yeah. the size of his penis so oh right <laughs> <laughs> it does exist that is awesome good callback i love it um i i hope i hope they keep the class system specifically from pillars 2 um, yeah where you can like class and like each multi-class has its own like name and everything and then sort of that it informs your play style um and like i remember i remember in pillars 2 there were actually like certain dialogue options that were open specifically to members of like certain classes and then beyond that like subclasses like there was a um i think there's like a barbarian uh subclass that's a cannibal and like that gives you tons of different uh dialogue options that are uniquely cannibalism focused yeah well, i am i'm going to start this game as soon as possible <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, Deadfire, yeah, you've got to jump into that. Um, it's fanta fantastic. Uh, I, well, it does say here a large number of factions. You know, that was right after the the thing about uh, having uh, advanced character creation. So maybe who knows if they're going to try to add new factions that didn't exist in Pillars, or they're going to try to maybe add new races or sub races kind of like if you think about their inspiration which they say at the core when you see interviews with their creators is D D. I mean D D is is one of those games where you the sky's the limit i mean depending on how much of a uh religious D D player you are wanting to stick with uh away from multi-classing but you know in D, &D you the sky's the limit and they just have a new book coming out in a month that has two new major uh races and classes that you can incorporate into the game that are some one of them's particularly bizarre but is cool and i like that so yeah i i don't know how much room there would be in in the lore to to add entirely new races but i know that uh um, at, well, okay, this is this is a bit of a spoiler for the end of Pillars 2, but it's not really that big a spoiler because it kind of comes, like, you know, you can see it coming from a mile away. Um, there's this huge storm uh, towards the sort of northeast side of the Deadfire 
uh, archipelago that's basically just blocking everybody off. You can't get past it. No one has been able to sail past it like in hundreds upon hundreds of years. Um, and by the end of Pillars 2, that storm is gone. So there's this whole section of the world of Pillars that um, if... And this is all assuming that Avowed is actually a sequel and not a prequel, whatever. Right. But there's this whole section of the world that, that is now um, accessible. And, you know, and the, the people who live over there can now access, you know, the, the part of the world that we've been uh, occupying this whole time. I think uh, Yezuha, I think, is the name of the, of the continent over there. Um, you get, like, a super inconsequential, um, <laughs> like, uh, companion character who's who's uh from there i think you like pick yeah. him up a shipwreck or something uh and you can't understand a word he says because he speaks a language that hasn't been spoken in this part of the world for like hundreds of years um but yeah maybe there's some new races over there that they can bring in or maybe you can be from there because pillars lets you sort of choose uh where your character is actually from in the world yeah, which brings up a good point. Like, um, like how much are they going to try to deviate from what they've already created? So, you know, the Elder Scrolls has been known for that, you know, all the way back to Red Guard and the old games. That whole lore that they created, they've stuck with pretty hard uh, throughout. And uh, uh, there's a lot of plot holes, though. Actually. I mean, oh, yeah, God, yeah, I mean, definitely. But, you know, I mean with any game world of warcraft for example they they you know totally jumped the shark with some of that stuff but Is there a time travel and wow now yes definitely oh yeah so it i i'm actually now that you mentioned that jemendu i'm thinking that i'm kind of on your your side of the the statement there and that maybe it's better if they stick with that that great system that great core of lore that they've already established and just maybe build on it a little bit but not to go too crazy with it you know when they're creating this game yeah man i hope so it's it, it's uh man i i am just like crazy about pillars lore. i don't know if you can tell no it's good i love it <laughs> i love it you you probably okay i'm i'm guessing and i'm taking a guess you were the player in skyrim that um went into the library and read every book I feel so that, called out right now. I'm sorry, that but was me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm you're you're the one who is telling every, the the creatures. Hold on one second. Gotta read these 14 <laughs> yeah. books yeah. over here. Even even in my RPGs, I'm a huge nerd. Love it. I <laughs> own, you're owning it, man. You're just owning the world, and that that is respect. You know, you mentioned companions. That's on the list too. They one of the things on the uh, the leak list is that there would be um how did they say you'll have you'll be able to have companions which that's not too much of a surprise but it says in parentheses different than outer worlds not exactly sure what they're trying to say there but um you know who knows how how detailed that'll be i mean you could ha have companions in skyrim right i mean kind of kind of they didn't have as nearly as much depth as uh, Outer Worlds or New Vegas companions, with the exception of like Serana and Freya. But yeah, no. Yeah, true. Um, and I, go ahead. You had something, Jesse? Well, yeah, I was just on, on the subject of uh, of being a nerd and really knowing the lore really well, and um, <clears throat> and uh, the leak in general. Um, 
I don't believe the leak at all. Um, <laughs> because, because, little known fact, I made a fake leak for the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield that oh, got a, lot, Did got a lot of traction. Amazing. Oh, I worship you now. That is amazing. Yeah, um, Todd is my mom. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Yes, absolutely. Holy yeah, crap. It was trending on Twitter for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I want a signature now. <laughs> um, so the inconsistencies that I could, I mean, not necessarily inconsistencies, but what I point to and say, yeah, no, he's fake, is the fact that um, when it comes to the map size, he just, he basically says, it's a big map. Um, how big is it? Right. Because if you're actually someone, an insider, you actually know something, you're excited about it, you're going to... Um, tell us probably exactly how big it is. I had no way of doing that when I made my leak because A, I didn't know what I could expect from the map size. So I, I didn't even put that in there. People asked and I glossed over it every single time. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading this right now. This is that incredible. is hilarious. Yeah, this is no, so detailed, I, dude. Yeah, no, I, when I made it, I, when I, I approached it from the perspective of I'm a developer that wants to make a leak. I, I, I want to give people information. So I imagine that you would be excited about certain stuff. You wouldn't just use buzzwords to build up hype. So big map, uh, companions, similar to Skyrim or not right, unlike the right, other world. Yeah, it's yeah. like, th those are just buzzwords that's shallow. There's no detail to it. If you are genuinely excited about something, you are going to put a lot of detail into what you're writing. So I, I cannot imagine that that is an actual insider. I, I, I'm actually in agreement with you. I, I don't give a lot of, uh creed to that i th and the reason is because i think so much of it is so very vague and stuff that i would have written if i had created it you know fully open world okay wow duh yeah um, yeah the, every <laughs> every game in the world does that isn't the new halo supposed to have an open world yes yeah yeah really? yeah it's not it's not it's not new technology like you can expect an open world from an RPG nowadays. Yeah, Real-time weather system. Well, that's not anything that's uh, new. I mean, really? I mean, I guess you could you could take a spin on it and say that that it is, but it really really isn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. Advanced so, character creation tool. What does that it, mean? Super vague. Super vague. It, doesn't really know what he's talking about. If he had said that, you know, you can control the placement of a freckle, like you can choose <laughs> the freckle, you can customize it. We got like Sims 3 type of stuff. In right. Here. Then, then I would be, I would lean a little bit more heavily towards, okay, maybe that is legit, but that, I mean, it, Black Desert's done that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, so I'm actually kind of on the other side of the fence for you guys on this one. I, I think the vagary sort of lends a little bit of, uh, of uh of trust to this uh mostly just because i'm sure at this point the game itself whatever state it's in is probably pretty uh vague itself True. like there, there's not there's probably not a lot set in stone right now do you think um, this guy is an insider if if so and or do you so, think that this guy is an outsider who just had coffee with someone so the living lands thing and the fact that there's subtle in-game support for that it's for, for that uh specific like plot point makes me think probably some of this at least is real i i think i think the the setting is probably 
I, like, okay, if you're going to make an open world game set in Aora, Living Lands is like the perfect place for it. You've got, you know, all kinds of different biomes that you can go to. You know, nothing, you know, uh, it, like it'd be difficult from a from a developer standpoint, definitely, because um, you got to make a lot of assets, a lot of different assets. Sure. Um, but the, the payoff would just be incredible. And it's kind of expected. I mean, in modern, yeah, yeah. modern RPGs, you know, you kind of you don't want to just have a desert world. You know, you, you're kind of expecting to have that variety. Right. Yeah, but the the thing is, if if you can recognize that's the perfect setting for uh, a game that takes place in the in Pillars of Eternity, I'm sure that someone else can too. That's that, true. That because that's what I did with my leak. I mean, I had people believe me just based off of, of the fact that I knew that Julian Lefay, the guy that made the Elder Scrolls, essentially wanted it to be an MMO before MMOs existed. He wanted every single ca player character to be essentially a character in the game that he wanted people to be traders blacksmiths uh wow. stuff like that so oh, the fact that i knew that a couple of people were like okay i believe you another guy was like if you are fake you are really really good <laughs> at your research <clears throat> so like i i think next logical step isn't very good proof honestly because i mean in my league i said that the next game was going to be high rock hammerfell i would to do with the adamantium tower and that's the next logical step i'm sure bethesda probably will go with that but well you know. and people ran with that too you, you know, were you were right that's totally fair and i'm totally willing to be wrong on this um yeah i'm not i'm not but sure i do think think some, but yeah. no 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 hey no not at all man um but i do think there there is something actually in the leak that uh some, something else that um harks back to the uh the forgotten sanctum DLC thing that I was talking about before. Um, Spore-like creatures. There's this book in the Forgotten Sanctum, and I just remembered this because it's like a super minor thing. Well, relatively minor thing. Um, there's this book that has been uh, infested by a, like, fungal colony. And, and, it, and the colony itself is, like, writing in the book and, like, seems to have this intelligence to it. And so... That would be kind of cool to see in uh, in a vow. Maybe, hey, maybe there's our new race, right? Like a like a fungal dude. That's fung pretty cool. Person. That's that's um, good callback. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different spore-like creatures in in uh, pillars, though. So it, that could be just like you said. That could just be sort of uh, throwing out some fat for people to chew on and be like, oh, maybe this is real because it's it knows you know, uh, in-universe stuff. I think where he shot himself in the foot, maybe a little bit, and why some of us are more skeptical, I think it would have been a better leak if there wasn't as many bullets. I feel like some of the bullets are so... Ridic so nothing. So ridiculously nothing that um, that is what maybe hurts it a little bit, even though like, it could be what genuine. What is dynamic presentation of dialogue, even? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I what mean... What is that? there will be bosses and they will be very big <laughs> the bosses one is definitely suspect the dynamic presentation of dialogue is that what you said yeah yeah that i imagine would so i i just read about uh adaptive music in video games and i thought that was really cool uh it's basically oh, music yeah. that it's basically music that changes depending on what you're doing um well of course there are lots of other areas where 
it can technically be adaptive music, but Kingdom Come does it where it's like, you know, the music will change if you're stealing or committing a crime and stuff like that. Love that. It's really, it's really subtle and I really want to see it in more games, but um, I imagine that adaptive presentation of dialogue would be like, depending on the circumstances, the dialogue UI might change in some oh, way. Dude. <laughs> like maybe if you're, maybe if someone's talking to you in combat, it's not, you know, zooming in on someone's face. Maybe it's a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> you just reminded me of something actually. Uh, the I, I haven't played it, but I've heard from friends that the, the Spider-Man, I think it was like the 2018 Spider-Man game uh, for PS4 right. had something a lot like that, where like, uh, there are certain um in-engine uh like dialogue sequences that you're like you're playing while they're happening and depending on how depending on what you're doing in game they can sound different like uh like if you're just walking around or standing still spider-man just sort of delivers his lines like like normal but if you're like swinging or fighting or something then uh he's like out of breath I haven't played it, so... That's really cool, actually. I like that. Isn't it? It's, it's like a really... Yeah, it's a, it's a cool little immersive uh, touch. So, yeah. hey, maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know. That's, uh, there's a lot of... There's a lot of I don't knows here. Unless there is another theory. And there, the theory would be that Sponger is actually Jesse. <laughs> okay. I, uh, honestly, that that is not a terrible theory. Uh, it's absolutely not, though, because again, I don't know enough about Pillars of Eternity to make one. Uh, I did consider making an Elden Ring leak, but I didn't want to hurt them any more than they already have. Oh been, my gosh! So. <laughs> oh man, I I really hope Elden Ring is like good. Yeah, y'all were talking about the, the Xbox showcase where Avowed debuted and I was trying to think about like what do I remember from that and all I remember was the Bloodlines 2 trailer the Avowed trailer and the fact that Elden Ring wasn't there exactly yeah oh you know what was there though um the Outer Worlds DLC oh you're right I totally forgot about that until just now but <sighs> I'm so excited for that that drops on the 8th a couple yeah. of YouTubers I follow already got access to it and I'm just so jealous <sighs> How did yeah, they get I'm... that? Like, like that early access. I mean, we need to get that right because we have a podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the one uh, miniature nerd. He's been like a huge fan of Obsidian and Fallout in general. So like, even Bethesda mentioned him because he completed a run of Fallout New Vegas on just a single health bar. Wow. Oh my God. So like, wait, are you talking? You're talking about miniature nerd? Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that guy. Yeah. I, yeah, I started following him on uh, the first episode of Fallout 3 Kill Everything. And nice. uh, I, I've, I've been subsi subscribed to him ever since. So Yeah, the, please don't. Uh, the PD shoot run is like one of my favorite Let's Plays <laughs> ever. It's so good. And that he had her be reincarnated back in time to Fallout 3. Yeah. And her name was Oh No, Not Again. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up actually because I think we've we've got a lot going here. We're we're coming up on about uh, close to an hour and a half, and uh, we we uh, talked about a lot of stuff. I appreciate you guys being candid and and sharing your thoughts. And um, so before we go, yeah, fire away. Can we can we all just give like a like moonshot? Just hope for for a vow. Just something. Big, expensive, ridiculous that you hope is going to be in the game. Because I've got one. 
Okay, I'm gonna. I'll let you go last. Then let me think. Um, okay, cool. Moonshot, something big that I really want in there. Um, gosh, that's a tough one, man. Um, I'm chewing on some stuff in my head right now. I, I would probably say. I actually, I'm gonna go back to what I was saying earlier and and say a really deep. Um, crafting system especially with alchemy um something like that where it's where it's it's so uh deep it feels so real that it makes everything before it pale in comparison um how does that hey calvary you got anything anything on your mind about uh something scott pie in the sky um as far as like real over the top, uh, I can't really think of anything. But uh, one thing I'm really hoping for is because it's Obsidian, and uh, what I'm then what makes me really excited about uh, Avowed is that Obsid what Obsidian is best at is their writing, and I'm really hoping that the uh, the quest lines, it's the side quest, the dialogue is just real over the top. That that's uh, my biggest hope for the game. Oh, yeah, just like five million lines of dialogue yeah <laughs> what about you jesse um or Sunger? So, yeah i will go <laughs> i will go ahead and say that um i would like a really advanced ai system like what bethesda attempted to do with oblivion um where like they have motives and stuff like that right oh radiant uh, ai I, yeah yeah radiant ai i couldn't think of the term but yeah i'd really like to see something like that the issue is that they, like they would have people like want to collect something and um they would get everything they could they would spend all their money and then they would go and try to pickpocket it from people and then get killed because <laughs> they committed a crime because they can't go to jail so um i, I would like to see a, an advanced ai system like that but um if we're just talking realistically uh, I just want a bunch of cannibals in the game. I love cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> the White Glove Society, those guys in the outer worlds that you find uh, oh, on Monarch. I, I, I just, I, I'm a yeah. sucker for a good cannibal faction. So I'm down <laughs> for that. All right, okay. man, you're last. I'm ready. I'm, you better be a good one. I'm waiting. So bear with me. Um, no Man's Sky. I know it's a touchy, touchy subject. Yeah, lost 60 bucks on that I'm, one. Yeah. Uh, so that is a, a great example, though, of a game that uh, implemented a VR mode really, really well, from what I'm told. I haven't played it myself. But Avowed with... Okay, so the thing that really set me off about this is, of course, number one, the, the perspective that we get in the trailer. Number two the spell casting little gesture thing that you do where you like draw a symbol in the air. Wow. Like how cool, how cool would that be in VR to sort of have this like, um, like open-ended like symbol drawing magic system. I see where you're going with this and I love it so much. How cool would that be? Right. And, that, would, that would be amazing. And nobody like, else has done anything like that that I can I think of. Well, yeah. Uh, in VR? Yeah, no, the, the close, no, not in VR, but the closest thing I can think of uh, as far as, like, symbol magic is, like, I don't know, like, Legend of Grimrock 2, maybe? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, what about Okami? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm, I think. Yeah, I Oka think right. I, I never had, played that. Uh, they, they did a thing. It, it was, like, a PS2 game, I think. But it, so it was, 
it, it was kind of janky, but um, you had to like draw characters and stuff like that when you wanted right. something to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that actually. I do yeah. remember that. I think they put that on the Switch now or something like that. Oh, sweet. Oh, Snapple. I might have to look into that, pick it up. Yeah, that's a classic. All right, I like that idea. I like the idea of 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 symbol drawing maybe in a virtual reality mode of some sort that that's pretty badass if they can pull that off and definitely would increase the difficulty i would think right oh yeah uh like uh even just uh, again my fallout 4 vr thing i've just been playing tons of it right uh lately but having to um switch weapons and stuff with the pit boy in real time uh, is a, a huge difficulty boost and so having to switch spells on the fly by drawing symbols man that would be like super super intense i think yeah i think i think magic systems are always like the the most interesting parts of a lot of games because you can i mean it's magic what can you not do with it right so you I, get so I, much creativity yeah yeah that's why i i like like oblivion and, and morrowind's magic systems where they had they had so many effects and they were spell crafting so yeah I, I like where you're going with that that would be really cool yeah anyway that's that's my that's my pie in the sky uh like that's the letter i'm gonna write to santa claus well hey we're the only avowed podcast out there so hey maybe they will listen i got your back watcher the rest of these idiots are on their own so now we're going to go uh, overseas and talk to our European guests and see what their thoughts are about this whole list of rumors. What if neither guide knew the way? How then would you choose a course? I wanted to jump into the, uh, the rumors that I believe several of you already mentioned, the post by Sponger that came out shortly after the trailer was released. Um, and uh, kind of talk a little bit about it. Um, there's just my quick swath of it. I feel like there's some things in there that are maybe, the, the reason I might be suspect is there's some things in there that are a little too obvious in general, but then there are a couple of things in there that, that make me tilt my head and say, well, wait a second, that's a little more specific and that does have some sort of lore base to it. Um, but things like a fully open world, okay, or things like uh, when they said um, one of them is um, there will be bosses and they will be very, very big. I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty general. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about any of those rumors that, that stood out to you that, that maybe, maybe this is legit? Or do you think that that was just uh, some kid at home? throwing something onto the internet. Honestly, my, my first impression was this is just some generic, like a lot of these things are really generic, a fully open world. Um, he's mentioned, you know, a specific area of Aurora, which I mean, anyone could do to be honest. World reactivity, lighting, next gen AI. These, thing, these things are very, very general. Um, I'd say one thing that I found interesting was that he mentioned two cities, two large cities that are planned. Um, which makes you think, where is this going to be based? And and it does sort of mention a, a few things about uh, the world and, and things like that. But honestly, for me personally, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, commit to believing anything um, when it's this early on. Yeah. 
anybody else have thoughts? I agree that that it's that super generic. Anybody could come up with anything. Um, the two cities was one of the ones I was talking about that I thought was interesting. I'm like, if if so, it, it kind of makes it sound like they if that's true that they would be going for more of a uh, a deeper approach than a wider approach. I guess what I'm saying is that the cities would be more detailed uh more like maybe the capital city in oblivion mm. versus uh a whole slew of towns so they'd be concentrating and, and if there are two cities do they represent two different empires do, do you think that's a good thing Sora, to focus on two major cities rather than you know a, a bunch of smaller towns and stuff like that what, what do you think is the challenge for them my my thought i would prefer the two bigger cities i prefer a city where you can sink into it where you can really get immersed and mm. um you know a dnd comes to mind something like neverwinter or Waterdeep. these huge yeah. cities where you it could literally take you forever just to explore the city itself um i think has benefit to it i mean i don't want the rest of the world to be bland obviously but if I was going to lean one way or another, I'd rather them do two detailed ones than 15 uh, small ones. Same, same. Also two very different cities. I mean, if you focus on two, like, capital ones, sure. But if a rumor is true, you'd also have to contend that it's probably it'll probably be a sequel because the Living Lands have no real cities, do they? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that we know of. Um, I mean, so... the, 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 the dwarves have some settlements and there are like some kind of people who, who, who live in the north of it in the icy mountains, but that, yeah. that's no real big settlements. And if there are two cities, that's, I don't know how long this will take, two, three hundred years. Yeah, because even in Pillars of Eternity, they they still describe the Living Lands as a frontier island. So, um, I, at least in the timeline that we've encountered so far, I don't think it's um, an area that's been populated um, that much. So, yeah, with the two cities, there's a bit of dis- sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No, sorry. No, I just wanted to <laughs> to say you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if there's two cities, then. It, it it sort of moves you away from that living land. There's a bit of a contradiction there in, in what he's saying in the post. So yeah, that, that was just something that I thought was a bit weird. Uh, that might be, but we also have to remember that uh, according to even Josh Shire, the the law and the world of Eora is a work in progress. They haven't mapped out, you know, 1,500 years of country so-and-so, dynastic rulers and that sort of thing. They are making it up as they go and as they need it. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it for, for a studio to go back and fudge some of the details if, if that would make it work better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could they could just be law books that are wrong. I mean, we know that from from the Elder Scrolls, there are a lot of books about law that contradict each other. I mean, they they do that to kind of. I don't know, it imply real world things where history is kind of contradicted. Oh, I see. Oh, as in like people interpret things differently kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah and true. also it could just be a sequel and this place, I don't know, 300 years after the law book is written. I mean, we, we still don't know when this 
this law book was written. True, true, true. Would uh, cult, so would would character creation is that a big deal for you guys? I'm just I know that was mentioned in there. I mean, but that and that was also another vague swath. But is there anything different from what happens in uh, pillars with the character creation? Are you looking for the same type of thing or something more innovative or different? I can't really imagine to have a full character creation in the way that it was in Pillars, just because of the different heights of the characters. I can't really imagine designing every house, every town to accommodate something like a giant or like a dwarf. I mean, imagine playing a dwarf in Skyrim. And you, right, right. You go, go into a house and you can't see above the counter. <laughs> true, true. So, um, I mean, maybe they just they just adjust the races to be of similar heights. That would be okay. Mm. But on the other hand, I mean, I I almost always play a human, so I I don't have that that many cards in the game. Human fighter. Yeah. Co- do you care about cosmetics? Not really. Uh, I mean, I care about um, armor progression, something like that. I mean, you, you want to to see that your character progresses in power level. So that's that's always a thing in fantasy RPGs. You want to see. So I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a really really badass mage or knight. Now, so I have plate armor or these mystical things all around my body. But I don't know that's not not really. So what about uh taking the fable route and doing something like scars or um uh showing that as you progress in your character that your character maybe alters in some way. Is that important or is that just another kind of frivolous thing? Well no, that's not really important for me. I don't really look that much at my character in Skyrim. So that's just I don't know, a nice addition, sure, but not really important for me specifically. One thing I would really like in character creation is a more uh, focus on the narrative. We already have the background uh, in, in the first two games where it could be like a scholar or a slave or something like that. But if you perhaps could have more, fewer, cho- fewer choices perhaps, but they had kind of more content attached to them so say you could be a noble from such and such house and then people commented on, on that and you had perhaps some quests that aligned to that and that sort of thing sort of like dragon age origins just skipping the origins part and but and putting the content in the rest of the game yeah sure that would be really cool yeah i like that that that's a really good i, I would love to see something like that even and not to be obsessed with aesthetics or anything, but, you know, even having tattoos or something or something to show who you're aligned with um, and, and or your history in some sort of way. That would be pretty innovative, I think. I, I, I like yeah. the approach of uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but they have, in character progression, they have, the things called life paths, so you can choose if you are, I don't know, 
a street kid, so you, you, you're mm. living off the streets or a corpo or from outside of, of the city, a nomad, they call that. And those life paths are impacting the main story and side quests a bit. Mm. Very cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like, like Dragon Age Origins, really, and I really like that approach. Yeah. Now, for me, um, the only thing I'd say is, I, I, I wonder how, with regards to cosmetics, I'm not too concerned. Obviously, I'd like to create my own character. Something similar to Pillars would be really nice, but I can understand if they're going to, um, you know, focus on different aspects of the game. Perhaps this might not be something they focus on too much at launch, but maybe they expand on it later. But the thing I want to want to sort of know more about is how they're going to work on the class progression, because I hope that they have classes. And I hope that they have some of the interesting classes that they presented in Pillars, you know, like Chanters and those different weird sort of classes like Cyphers, for example. I hope that they have those classes in the game. And also with progression, I'm just wondering if they're going to do something like, you know, um, a typical Pillars of Eternity or RPG style. You pick a class and you just follow that class's path down. Or if you have something like, you know, I don't know if Cyberpunk do it, but some some games have you know, uh, paths where you can sometimes get a few points in one class and then you can take a couple of points in another class and sort of multi-class it in your own way and create your own mix and match sort of character. Well, that's, that's a point I can make from a gameplay perspective. It's it's difficult to have strict classes in mm-hmm. single-player first-person games because... Well, why can't I learn that? Or why can't I learn that? I mean, yeah. I, can read, I can read books. I can, I don't know. So it's, yeah, I think it's going to be something like you can focus on a class perspective. Like you can focus on, I don't know, uh, the mage tree or the fighter tree or something, but I don't think it's going to be as strict as it is in a pen and paper like. Hmm. Like something like Pillars of Eternity, because I mean, Pillars of Eternity, you control your whole group, so classes make sense. But in a single player game, they don't really that much. Yeah, yeah I, get what you mean. I think I think players might get frustrated if they pick something, I don't know, directly at the start and then think, okay, I, I'd like to try out that and that and that, and they can't. So, I don't think that's going to happen. I think having, I think, and I'm sure this is from a design team's perspective, the first thing they probably do is, is who are we making the game for? I think that key question will guide a lot of the things we're even talking about is, are we making this game for blank? And uh, if they're mm-hmm. trying to do that, that, and I mean, again, I hate to bring it up, but if they're trying to do like the Skyrim kind of, I mean, we ha- we can't exhort, it's, it's a behemoth. It's sold more than any other RPG game. And, and if you're taking out uh, uh, massive multiplayer games, but it, you know, it's enormous. It's a behemoth. It's, it's netted them so much money. And part of the reason probably if we're being honest is it's, it's kind of a watered down RPG. It's, it's kind of a, uh, surface level um, uh, fantasy Animal Crossing. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a big playground. That's yeah, it's a big terrible. playground, and and 
are they going to go that direction or are they going to go more for maybe the hardcore RPG audience? Uh, and then how much are they going to pull from the old games? You know, races, classes. I think, I think a good way to do it is to have the depth that, you know, a, a hardcore RPG fan would, would want to know about the world, but not necessarily make that something that you have to come across. Like, you know, in Dark Souls, there's a lot of story, a lot of lore, but you don't really um, learn about it unless you read the descriptions or, you know, um, visit certain places and things like that. So maybe they could do it that way. Yeah, but Dark Souls is a very different game. True, but like in terms of the storytelling, um, hardcore the RPG story, fans will the, love the, stories. The storytelling is done by reading item descriptions and Dark Souls. Yeah. True. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But no, but the point I'm trying to make is like, um, with in, with regards to how they're gonna approach certain groups of people, if they're gonna make this like you know a, a, a game that's marketed towards the general public who aren't really interested in the storytelling perspective, for example, they don't need to necessarily do it in a sense that they force it down people's throat throats. Like they can just have parts of you know um, their lore and the storytelling and stuff, not necessarily in a mainstream um, in the in the mainstream uh, direction of the game. And people who want to learn about it can. In a sense, I, I see what you're saying. It's kind of makes it uh, a, you, a you choice. Mean, you you yeah. mean the law, not the story, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I was confused there. Yeah. So it's a player choice. So, like, do I dive into this part of the game, or do I just walk past it, kind of deal? And then the player's making that choice uh, exactly. based on their style of play. Which, yeah, it just. It, I think like Alex was saying that every little element of that that you add, it adds hours and hours of development. You know, <laughs> I mean, they I mean, we want them to do that. We want the deep game, um, but we don't want to wait till uh, 2027 like we were doing for Elder Scrolls. You know, true, true. I mean, the, the, the rumor says 2022, which I'll be straight. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. No, no, no way. There's no way. I mean, I don't see how they could do that um, unless they've been secretly into, and look at all the other projects they've had going on. Um, uh, I, I, I was really surprised to see what, what they were developing at the same time. I mean, Obsidian's behemoth with, with the amount of people they are, they have employed like that's like 120. They've, three projects great and good uh, projects yeah and good projects they do really well and that's really crazy it's really crazy yeah it makes you wonder if they're gonna get burned i don't want you guys to get burned out if you're listening obsidian don't get burned out take some time out for yourself <laughs> my friend take care of yourself take care yeah um so uh i guess wrapping it up uh i want to because we're reaching a, an hour here i want to wrap it up and give you a chance to maybe um your pie in the sky view of of the game of this is a little different than sitting across the table this is kind of your your the brush is put in your hand for a little bit your 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 one or two pie in the sky things that after watching the trailer and thinking about the game that um this is really kind of something that I need to see to make this a game that I'm going to enjoy. Um, so take it away. Anybody want to jump in? Sure. The game I really want is really just something like, like Skyrim that, uh, that has 
a lot of lore, a lot of cool places mixed with really interesting NPCs, interesting stories. I mean, I, I always liked the guild progression in Oblivion. Like you go through the ranks of the fighter skills, the major skills, and some such. I'd like that to return in some way, maybe in the vault. Yeah. And I mean, if they kind of nail the world, uh, the world building, and they add the usual thing that Obsidian does that is awesome characters, really interesting people that you really want to spend time with or really awesome worlds, awesome lore. I'd be really happy. That's that's just the thing I want. What about you, parentheses? You got any pie in the sky? What do you need to see? I would like to see good writing. I'd like to see good uh, companions. I'd like to see interesting lore. And I'd like to see extensive reactivity. Not, not everywhere, but where it counts. And I want to see a, a game that, that means that um, that we will see more of Aura in the future. Viggy, you got any thoughts? So, so this is coming from a diehard Pillars fan. I want to see Obsidian somehow and some way take Pillars of Eternity and make it into a 3D game. Now, I understand that they're going to be appealing to a different market, and I hope that they figure out a way to appeal to them. Um, but I still want them to keep the core of what makes their company so great. So don't slack on the storytelling. Make the gameplay good. You know, things like that. Um, I, I just hope they don't forget what makes them so good. I agree hundred percent. Yeah, I'll agree on that. I think one thing I would say uh, for me would be um, just don't forget about your community. And um, and I, I'm saying this knowing that they won't because of their company and their motto and how they've run. But, you know, just even as far as things like uh, thinking about your PC players and maybe incorporating some sort of modding support if people want to do that or, yeah. um, you know, creation tools alongside of the game. Not, maybe not necessarily at launch, but don't forget your community and also don't forget that the longevity of the game probably depends on that uh, to a certain extent. And uh, having a game that lasts as long as it does when people exhaust the content is handing over some of the reins maybe to the players at some point. Yeah, completely right. And I mm. think, uh, I really think they have the perfect publisher for that. So I don't think there's any other publisher who would finance something like that other than Microsoft. I mean, well, Microsoft has done yeah. a lot of things right in recent years. I mean, like, in the in the early two thousands, they were a horrible publisher. But right now, I don't know any other publisher that would do something like that. I definitely think they're risk takers. I mean, I think they're kind of showing that now with their console launch and everything. I think that they are, you know, they after the debacle with their. Um, Xbox One launch and what that did for their relationship with players, um, but also in general, what they're doing with Game Pass for the PC players. You know, the the 
making more content uh, readily available. And uh, even if it is for a limited amount of time and you don't really know how long, I, I like the model of, of the Netflix of games for a PC player. I do that too. And Microsoft is sponsoring a lot of games that are kind of considered niche. Like they recently Battletoads or something, but they do put out great games. And I, I don't think those games would come out under any other publisher. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I also think that, um, you know, like you're saying, I think that those niche games, those people, those independent studios, um, that, that model kind of gives them a chance. Yes. There's drawbacks to it. Um, there, um, the whole thing that happened with the, the cancer game, I forgot the name of it. Uh, but you know, I, um, excuse me my dragon cancer or something like that so uh, there, there is a chance that you'll lose money if you if you subscribe to that yeah definitely because that microsoft is taking a cut but um i i think otherwise it's so hard to get out there there's so many games that are put out every year it's ridiculous but i've heard from uh, from a youtube channel i'm subscribed to bellalia news it's called i think uh, they are game developers, and they made a video about Game Pass, and they said it's by far the mo the most fair thing they've ever accounted. So, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, so, very good. Uh, I, I I hope the developers get their fair share of of the money. So, are we all PC gamers here, or we do we have anybody looking forward to the new console coming out? Uh, I'm a PC gamer, you know, mostly. I, I haven't owned a console in like maybe seven years now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll, it'll be too impactful on me per se. Well, I have, I have a PC, obviously. I have an Xbox and a Switch. Parentheses uh, or? Xbox One S, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a pure PC player. I haven't had a console since Nintendo 64, uh, so that was a long time ago. I mean, if if you dropped off an Xbox X tomorrow with the new Pillars game, I'd try it, but I, I'd probably not be too good at the the controls for a first-person game, though. It, it's PC all the way for me. Yeah, well, especially isometric. I mean, I, I tried. I've been trying to play Pillars on my Switch, and as as great of an adaption as they made, it's very That's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> wait, wait so, sorry, is it? Wait, do they do real time on the Switch? Um, yeah, it's it's on no. the Switch. Yeah, no way. <laughs> and they're releasing Deadfire later this year, um, maybe near Christmas, I think, on the Switch too. Um, so, honestly, that sounds really stressful. I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I do it at bedtime. It helps me relax. Well, sometimes, but. Mm -hmm. um i can't have my pc in my lap so yeah, I, I i really love my switch because i just can't lay it in bed but i mean Baldur's Gate 2 came out on switch and i could not imagine playing that on switch. yeah no no <laughs> no i thought about for a while of getting it i was definitely tempted but then i'm like wait a second think about what you're doing here this is yeah. just yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, don't make the any rash one. decisions <laughs> If all our common threads are spun from a lie, what's left to bind us together? I... I don't know.
I never found the answers I sought. But across every nation, the same gods hold sway. Something in the lie spoke to all of us. There is power in that, whatever else divides us. And perhaps we just need new stories in these new times. Some new lie to bring us all together again. Threads spun from falsehoods tend to unravel on their own, my friend. For it is in our natures to seek truth. True or not true, rumors exist and thrive in the absence of first-hand information. Let's look back at Pillars of Eternity. It was announced through Kickstarter in 2012 with significant details about the game. Um, and of course, they had to do that. They're, they're trying to get money for their project. Uh, to raise money, they have to give us information if they're going to get these donations. So we learned a lot about the game, the, the, the path that it was headed on, the design choices they were making, gameplay, graphics. They gave us a lot of information. The game wasn't released for three full years after that, uh, 2015, right? We knew all of those details for three years. But Obsidian in 2012 was very different from today's Obsidian. If you haven't already seen it, I want to highly recommend that you head to YouTube and you watch a documentary called The Road to Eternity. It is fantastic. It's a full-length documentary on the making of Pillars of Eternity. The process that the studio went through gives us a glimpse at the company at that point in time. Um, but even more importantly, it lets you see some of the faces and hear from some of the people behind the scenes. These real people who work very, very hard on these games um, deserve the praise that they get. Now, though, for better and for worse, um, they're owned by Microsoft. Uh, I personally think that's better and can only mean good things. Um, but it also means that uh, they're going to take a more traditional and conservative approach to marketing and their community. They're fully aware. Trust me, they know. They're fully aware that the beast you ignore is the beast you create and feed. Look, Xbox, Microsoft, they've learned their lessons from this a few times. Just look at the release of information about the Xbox Series S and the leak that uh, spoiled literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of hard work on their marketing team was gone in just a split second with one tweet. So they know what can happen. Um, they understand that rumors are going to continue to plant roots and grow in the gaming community when nothing is put forth and no information is given. But I urge you with some caution uh, to take a step back. Don't spread with your mouth what your eyes didn't see. Uh, remember those wise words, uh, rumors, what is it, rumors you hear about me are as true as rumors I hear about you. Let's, as a community, be positive and patient with Obsidian. Uh, they'll show de they're going to share us details when they can. Trust me, they want to do it just as much as we want to hear it. Um, and when they do, we'll know those details are true because they came from them. If we have faith and trust in them, they will return the favor to the fan community. I want to thank you again for listening to Avowedcast and um, this community is growing. I'm already receiving emails um, and getting submissions. I'm very excited about that. 
Um, love you guys already. Um, remember, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you can come on the podcast with me um, to discuss a variety of things that we'll talk about. Um, if you're interested in doing that, the easiest way would be just to email me at avowedcast at gmail.com with your information, including things like your time zone, your, your, your gaming history, a little bit about yourself, um, but most importantly, what your schedule is like and when you could potentially have time to jump on with some other people to talk about things. My goal, as always, is to create a community of diversity um, where every voice counts and every voice matters. Um, so if you just want to hop on and have a conversation with us, shoot me an email. Now, if you don't want to be on the podcast, you can still contribute. So if you go to our website, avowedcast.com, you'll learn details about uh, uh, the episodes that have already been published. You'll learn information about how we were formed and what, uh, what our ideas are. But you'll also see a tab at the top called Contribute. That tab talks about different ways that you can submit things like questions you might have about the game or the company or gaming in general. You can submit opinions editorials would love to hear some editorials either via voice or um, written even if you want to share fan art I know we're a podcast but we do have a website and we'll throw your fan art up there uh, in, a, in an instant uh, we'd love to get some of that or talk about your game experiences um, some of your game it doesn't have to be with pillars we love some with pillars but it could be game experiences in general um, that's how community grows. We all share these experiences. We kind of, we, we bear ourselves a little bit, um, uh, but I'm going to protect you. You're going to be okay. Um, ways that you could send that kind of stuff, like a, a voice file, a video file, or, or fan art. You can use Dropbox or Google Drive. Just plug in our Gmail address. We're also on Twitter, at Avowedcast. Um, but another way you can do it, if you want to, is just call. We do have a voicemail line, and if you call that voicemail line, leave a message. There is no, no length restriction. You can talk all you want, and we'll put that on the air. Uh, just know that when you do leave those messages or you do submit material, we're going to assume that we have your permission to publish that on the pod podcast, unless you mention otherwise. So here's our voicemail number. It is 202-810-4222. Two two three. We'd love to hear from you. Please think about submitting or joining us and just helping us with this growing community. So we're going to leave today like we always do. Um, I'm going to ask you again to close your eyes and let the music of Justin Bell kind of take you over. Envision a morning. Dawn is rising over the hills and plains of Aora. You and your band of loyal companions have put out the campfire, and are marching forward when you spot something on the horizon. It doesn't look good. You grasp your weapons tight and prepare for battle.